that's the challenge that many organizations are facing because one employee can sack the entire organization and the attacker he has many opportunities he can fail but the defender they cannot fail And welcome to a new episode of B2B E-Commerce Integrated. My name is Arno, Chief Product Officer of Sana Commerce. And with Sana Commerce, we believe that by using ERP integration, B2B companies are more successful than B2B companies that are using mainstream e-commerce solutions. So you do not have to replicate the data and logic around complex pricing, stock, or orders and quotes in multiple systems. And there is no need to maintain the data and logic in various systems. And more importantly, less prone to error by making ERP and commerce work as one. This results in better relationships with your B2B buyers and more commercial success. So in this podcast, I'm interviewing the most important people in B2B e-commerce, our IT folks. So before we jump into the interview, if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review or rating so you will help your peers to find this content better and easier. So today I have with me Jort from Oren Cyber Defense. Welcome Jort. Hi Arno. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, I'm really happy that you're here in in this episode. So let's start right away. Can you please explain to our listeners more about your background in relation to IT? My name is Jort Kollery. I'm the manager of security architecture and security services within Orange Cyber Defense Netherlands. I have a background in the IT for over 20 years, and the majority of the 20 years is mainly focused on cybersecurity. I've worked for big international companies such as Orange Cyber Defense, but also Dell Technologies and subsidiaries of that. And yeah, it's my passion. Wow, so 20 years already and in a very important, I think, aspect of IT, which we will obviously talk about today. And that's the topic. And that is cybersecurity or security and how that relates also to integrating systems like we are doing with B2B e-commerce and ERP. Yeah, also maybe for the listeners interested to know what's our relation with Orange Cyber Defense. Yeah, we are a customer of Orange Cyber Defense. So we're working together partners even so yeah they are taking care of yearly audits and other things to make sure that the things that we are doing that we're doing that in a secure way but we will talk about that more in detail later on so because before stealing everything away can you explain more about what is orange cyber security doing or cyber defense doing what's their core business well orange cyber defense we are a threat research intelligence driven organization and we offer unparalleled access to current and emerging threats i'm proud to say that we have uh, 25 years plus track record in information security we have approximately 250 security analysts and researchers but the company has a total of almost 2500 employees we are present in 160 countries and we strive to protect freedom and build a safer digital society. Wow, that is a lot of information. But what I really, let's say, love about this and what, what really stick to me when also when we started actually working together is that you have so many specialists in service. Like, you know, you mentioned 2,500 people day in, day out working on cyber defense, making sure that customers or and their partners are safe. Yeah, that is a lot of knowledge, a lot of research, a lot of practical stuff that you as a company i think never can replicate or can build yourself right unless you are 
a company like or in cyber defense. So that was one of the reasons why I already said, okay, hey, probably we do a lot of security and we have specialists in house, but these guys know a lot more and, uh, and we definitely need to talk. And that was the starting point of our our relationship and our conversation. And that's great so far. So yeah, very interesting. You mentioned so many things about your mission is to keeping, you know, world, uh, world a safe place. So maybe start with that. It's always interesting to hear a couple of stories, but yeah, what are the most, let's say, common cyber threats nowadays that you have experienced lately or that you have seen? Well, the most well-known is, of course, ransomware. It's still rising. It's increasing, affecting a lot of companies and in every segment and branch where they are operating. That's a big threat. And can you explain maybe, because maybe not everybody's aware of it, but I know, of course, what's ransomware, but what is that threat? Ransomware is basically taking your data hostage. So what they do, and that's the interesting part, every technology that we invent will be used against us. So for example, encryption. We use encryption to keep our data safe, but the cyber criminals in this case use encryption to hostage your data until you pay a ransom. And the ransom can vary in different prices for organizations. But so if you got infected, you're out of business. The operation is down until you pay the ransom. Next to that, we see an increase in IoT and OT attacks around the world. There's an OT and IT convergence, traditional IT and operational technology that is mainly used in fabrics, factories, manufacturing, but also supply chain attacks. The ever-evolving threat landscape is continuously changing for the threat actors because they are finding new holes and ways to get into organizations, but also cloud-based threats such as API threats, but also think about the insider threat. Yeah, conscious or unconscious actions could lead to uh, devastating disasters for organizations. So if you talk about the insider threat, social engineering but also what is increasing is that many organizations are suffering from uh, attack and they don't take the lessons learned from a post attack so basically these are the most common cyber threats these days yeah so uh, to rephrase a little bit ransomware you have explained nicely iot so uh, internet of things so that's mostly devices small devices which is almost everything nowadays is connected to the internet that's not only at your home with your uh, your google home or your apple siri or other tools maybe your fridge or whatsoever your washing machine but i think in, in companies that's happening as well right in your manufacturing process you have or maybe the vehicles that are driving stuff around you know you have different sensors and you know small computers that are connected to the internet that can all have weaknesses and can be let's say compromised or attacked and can cause damage right indeed what you mentioned and then api is they maybe one that we will zoom in a little bit more have so the interface application programming interface the interface between systems of course also with sana that we are heavily dependent and heavily using heavily building ourselves it's our let's say bread and butter it's how we integrate with erp systems is how we connect e-commerce with ERP or other systems uh, of record. And that can be dangerous as well if you do not take this stuff seriously, right? And that is definitely something for today to dive in deeper. And the last one you mentioned was also about the people aspect, right? That is also an interesting factor that you, yeah, you have threats 
actually in procedures or people making mistakes or let's say missing procedures and also the fact that you're not aware of it that things can happen and can go in the wrong way and that you need to learn from it continuously and that is actually a i would say continuous fight or a continuous game to stay ahead of things right Exactly. And that's the challenge that many organizations are facing because one employee can sack the entire organization and the attacker is always, you know, he has many opportunities. He can fail, but the defender, they cannot fail. No, exactly. That's a nice quote that you make there. So how can you protect yourself against all of it? But maybe we need to go step by step. So let's take, for example, the ransomware what can you do as a company or as an it manager hopefully you are already aware of it but if you are not what can you do you can do many things and the first steps that many organizations take is going into the protection suite with a lot of technology but uh, segmentation in your network is really important but also add another layer of security by implementing two-factor or multi-factor authentication because that lowers the risk of getting ransomware deployed but also going from traditional security measurements towards like an edr or xdr solution where you have threat detection but also automated incident response so there are many ways to protect yourself but the other part is to do also like frequently assessments to get an understanding of your attack surface because with the huge growth of industrial but also technology components and also the intertwinedness of private assets and, and company assets the risk is becoming bigger so if you do like a footprint assessment to see what your attack surface is you get an understanding of what is all connected to your organization and what could be vulnerable so you could do that with red teaming or ethical hacking but also on compliancy to see where your current maturity is at that stage yeah well that's a whole list of things that you can start with so let's say make it practical i think you need to start somewhere right so i think because besides of building the product that we are doing i'm also responsible for internal it but i think you know multi-factor authentication is such a important thing right so if you have not that in place let's say in your network or in your internal or in your it setup you need to start yesterday and not today even so all the tools are supporting it and that's that's so important i think that's that lowering the risk already quite a bit but another important thing i I would say or what what you maybe have not mentioned yet is that a lot of at least when i'm talking to it managers for example when we are selling sana or implementing sana or improving sana talking with these it managers they still have so many systems actually running on premise right trying to keep these running secure and up to date they are not moving to the cloud because in my opinion but maybe you can advise that if you go to a public cloud or something it's a safer place to be or am i wrong it's safer place depends on what you do going to the cloud always includes shared responsibility you have the cloud provider that is providing the storage, the, the performance, the utilization. But if you're going to put your data and your systems and your apps in the cloud, you should be taking security and privacy as well in consideration. So shared responsibility is often forgotten. When they are moving to the cloud, there's always a challenge and there's a hesitation to go to the cloud because the only constant in life is change. 
And we as human beings are very afraid for change. So the cloud is new, even though organizations are changing and offering their services in a different way. For example, Microsoft, you don't get the CDs and the floppies anymore by mail and installed. <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> now you get a username and a password, and then you have access to the cloud environment. So either way, you are being forced to transition yeah, organically towards the cloud. But if you take the example that you mentioned in when they have like their own applications, their own infra on-premise, and they want to shift that to the cloud where with workloads. Yeah, that's always, you know, they're always slowing that down. It's a difficult task for them. Because they are afraid of it that say, hey, that's probably less secure. So yeah, let, let me tell you a small story from my side in that sense that yeah, already many, many years ago, maybe we are early adopters or not, I'm not sure, but still I'm I'm actually surprised how how many stuff is still running on premise. But we had a lot of stuff running on premise as well, from internal servers, workloads, but also for development purposes. We even had back in the days we had production environments, but that's a very, very long, long time ago, I think tens of years ago. But anyway, so we moved to the public cloud. We are actually on Azure mostly. And the main thing or what triggered me is, especially from an internal IT perspective, when I got the responsibility to move to the cloud was when I was actually visiting one of these data centers in Seattle on, on the invitation of Microsoft. And what I realized there during that tour is that this, let's say, military grade structure and processes and quality on how keeping things secure, yeah, that was that I realized in five seconds that is something we can never, never do with with any budget, let's say, so here in my own server rooms, right? So being helped with such a big organization, specialists like you also have a, a big army of specialists, I think that felt for me safer in that sense. So that's why we accelerated that. And I'm actually happy because then that was before the whole ransomware thing really kicked in, but we were all there. But I also agree with you that's a shared responsibility because it can be still like say, oh yeah, it's safe, you know, everything is there. Microsoft or Amazon or Google will take care of it. But if you're still, you know, put your password somewhere on your um, sticky note on the backside of your laptop, or if you're still creating APIs with vulnerabilities, yeah, it's still a shared responsibility, so it doesn't solve all. But what it solves, at least, is that that is any way that you need to take care of, also if you're running on-prem. All the other stuff, like updates or this red and blue teaming, you know, so testing the environment, like say, yeah, that is monitoring, you know, different aspects. That's all being taken care of. And that gives me at least a safe feeling. But I still, there is this big scary thing, what you also mentioned, that a lot of companies do not want to make that step because they say, yeah, physically indeed it's not within my site anymore like within that i can see the servers blinking and running it's yeah somewhere out there and you need to trust that right yeah the cloud is basically somebody else's computer and that frightens a lot of people and as you mentioned you know you you went to seattle and you have seen it with your own eyes you know that's giving confidence that they are taking the right precautions to ensure that their data center is secured, properly secured, and not only in an analog way, but also in a digital way. You know, they have a huge responsibility, not only to you as a client, but to many other clients that have taken their infra to the cloud. So it's a big task for Microsoft. Exactly. So, and that is, I think also one of the tips I would say, if you're, you know, having these doubts, 
doesn't matter which vendor it is, but try to book a visit and, and see it with your own eyes and then realize, can you replicate that? Or are you doing the same things to protect your customers or protect your employees or your company from troubles or not? So that is maybe just a very practical thing. So let's dive into more, let's say the API protection, because that is also something we are doing a lot, obviously. So yeah, we are integrating with systems of record or ERP systems, mostly from Microsoft, from SAP. Some are running on-premise, some are running in the cloud. And we're making everyday connections between them for customers and so on. And obviously, we need to secure these kind of things. So what ways can you do that? What what are tips for other companies that are, you know, understand the need? The podcast is about this topic. So the listeners have hopefully already heard a lot about, let's say it's important to get them. If you want to do B2B e-commerce, that you get your real-time pricing and stock and so on from other systems. So they need to know how to make these connections or that that is necessary. But how can you secure them? What would be your tips? As I said before, you know, it's it's constantly revising the changes that you have taken in your organization. And we intended to use to say in, in the past, if something is working, don't break it and don't fix it because it works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But you constantly need to revise. So you need to make a plan constantly to understand if that API is still working good. Is it still secure? And that's not only with the API, that's with the whole cloud infra that you are maintaining. And also between the applications where the APIs are connected to, because there's an ever-evolving threat landscape. So it's constantly on the move and organizations are on the move as well because changes are inevitable. It's happening every day. So when there are changes, when you change something at the front, it will have an effect at the end or in between. So it's an urgent call for organizations to constantly check and comply with the changes that have been performed. Very clearly stated. So it's all about change and continuous evolution. It sounds like a lot of work if you need to do that by yourself, right? So I can imagine that that is also often forgotten or on the bottom of the list of, of companies that they say, okay, yeah, we have these connections now, for example, one e-commerce system with, an, with another system, it's working. Let's leave it there for many years because, yeah, if you need to check it every day, week, moment, that's a lot of work, right? So that can actually be a security threat. And then it's maybe better to invest in a in a company or in partner or in a specialized organization that can do that work for you. Like actually like we do with SANA because we know that especially now in the cloud days or in the SaaS world where we are living, software as a service, where ERP systems in the cloud are constantly evolving APIs, of course, they're trying to stay stable, but also there, there is constantly evolution and it's our work. And it's, that's why our customers are paying for it, that we keep these connections, you know, working and secure. And besides of that, yeah, we are doing a ton of things. I cannot explain everything today, but to give a little bit insights for the customers, what we are doing is that we are, of course, monitoring everything as far as we can do. But we also do, for example, with Orange Cyber Defense, we do regular, let's say, audits, or we let your ethical hackers trying to break something instead of, you know, if it doesn't break, you don't need to fix it. But we actually love to see if they can break it, right? And sometimes they find something and then it's good because, okay, you can be say, okay, yeah, it's not good that we found some vulnerability, small one or something, but I think it's a good thing because you can then fix it before the bad guys comes in and, and see it as a good opportunity to damage you as a company or, or to steal some data, right? So... 
we have that in place. Besides, we also have big bunch of developers or engineers in the company. But everybody works with security, but some really love and like it. You know, that's their passion. So we put them in a security guild. And that's also the party that's mostly working there with Orange Cyber Defense. But they are translating and evangelizing and all the learnings with the rest of the developer group, right? So they need to follow the standards that they are setting. So that's also a little bit this, yeah, how to keep that culture in the company, I would say. And yeah, in terms of API protection, we also use third-party tooling, for example, like you have web application firewalls that is mostly for web traffic, but you also have an evolution of that. It's called a WAP. So that's more like an API protection layer as well. Yeah, we are using Wallarm and also Cloudflare that's protecting, you know, and I think also specialized companies that are protecting these integrations and these API calls that are happening over the web. And then there's a bunch of other things, but just to give you an insight that it is not an easy thing so if you are you know an it manager say oh yeah let's just make a connection it needs to be integrated and then if it's working it's done i would say it's a dangerous thing to assume that yeah great explanation and i always emphasize it with an analogy in regard to fire protection Uh, you know when you put a fire extinguisher in your home or in the office it needs to be checked yearly maybe two times a year because you can't rely on the function when you put it there that it will work after five years you know you need to constantly check if it works and that's also with the fire drill you know we are performing fire drills in offices because in the past it happened that many people got killed by fire so we do a fire drill that everybody knows their way out to outside the office that's the same with the digital everything what you put in place you need to review it and test it and accept it again and then it starts over it's a virtuous cycle that you constantly need to improve and yeah great to work with the developers as well in this case with sana because you know that's giving the guild that is working towards a safer digital society yes exactly exactly yeah great to hear that and let's maybe move over for maybe the last part is more on the people side of things because that is also an important factor right so Let's first start at the IT leaders where we are, you know, that is our audience. So what should be the role of an, let's say, IT leader or, you know, IT director, manager of IT related to the topic? What should he do in your opinion to raise his awareness or to make sure that things are secure? What most IT leaders do is gather a lot of information. So if they see that there is an opportunity to move towards the cloud because it will save money. It will increase the availability, but many other stuff like scalability, you know, if you want to increase in the near future and you don't want to rely on prem hardware and your own infrastructure, but you also want to increase security. There are many things that an IT leader should do in this process and their role is really important. But in the end, we should consider that the responsibility is for the whole organization for the process to migrate to the cloud and it doesn't only rely on the it department no true it doesn't only rely on the it department and that is i think something to be very aware of you know keeping your organization secure in my opinion is not only the responsibility of it it's for everybody nowadays in this how to say digital age or digital era that you say yeah everybody should be aware you are doing that at home So you also need to do that at the office, right? Or the job you're doing. So I think it's very important to involve the rest of the organizations of the security threats that are there and how how to protect yourself. So there's a lot of awareness, learning and training and so on, I would say. 
just to share a little bit what we're doing at SANA is that, yeah, we have e-learnings, for example, for onboarders, obviously, but also that we are sharing once in a while, just as a, a refresher, but we're also doing... Yeah, a little bit, let's say these tests like that we sent, for example, fake phishing mails or something. Yeah? So there's an email with a with a link and all the employees that click on that link or even fill in the form, which is even worse, they get a message saying also from the manager in that sense on a friendly way saying, hey, what happened here, right? You clicked on this thing. It was dangerous. It was a test. So you need to do the course again right? so that you, you understand what you're doing. That's just one of the things that we're trying to do. And I think that's practical steps to make the world a little bit secure every time, right? Yes. Yeah, you should include every employee from the reception to the, the cleaner, for example. And awareness of threats is important within every department because I said before, one employee can sack the entire organization. And that could be not only the director or management, it could be also the receptionist, for example. So cybersecurity should be treated as a business responsibility. Correct. That's, I think, a great thing to be aware of. And also, if you're an IT leader, I think you should share these stories with your management and try to start that awareness. I think that's the responsibility or the role of the IT leader to at least start that awareness. Maybe you have a security officer in place, then it shifts a bit. But for smaller organizations, most of the time it's not. But then the CEO even really needs to understand that it's actually his priority or her priority instead of yeah, the IT leader. So, okay, we have shared already a lot of tips today on how to improve stuff, right? We went from many different aspects from, you know, maybe more related to internal IT and people. And we talked about how you can protect yourself for ransomware, which is one of the most dangerous things, of course, nowadays and also most happening, but also other, you know, security threats, which are there. We talked quite some about API security and, and yeah, really related to our topic with B2B integrated e-commerce. Yeah, what we are doing with Sana or and what you shared as well, how you can secure stuff and also about the people thing. So if you summarize it all, you need to be aware of it and understand that there are so many things that can go wrong or and that it's a constant change. If you understand that, I think that's already step one. Then work continuously on these improvements. I would say hire specialists if you talk about API security or keeping these connections. It's not just if it's there, it's working. Don't touch it. That's a very dangerous thought. It's a continuous battle. And last but not least, you need to make it part of the whole organization. It should be the CEO's top priority and not only from the IT leader, but yeah, if you're the IT leader, then definitely you need to raise the awareness and start things moving forward. So yeah, we are almost at the end. I think it was a great conversation. It was really cool to have such an expert in the call. And we are really happy that you are helping us. And besides that, that you have yeah that big, let's say, army of specialists that is guiding us and advising us on how to be better and more secure. Because yeah, it's a it's a constant evolution and that is important. So is there anything more to share from your thing that you said, hey, we missed this topic or there is something else that you say, hey, I want to... Uh, conclude with if you say did we miss any topic you know i can talk a lot about cybersecurity, but i think what organizations should take in consideration that they should not treat security and privacy as a barrier but security and privacy is a business enabler you know if you take actions right now you can prevent a disaster 
So it's an enabler and that should be on top of mind with the board of directors or directors, you know, any, any function and take the people with security. You know, if you're going to implement something that is going to add another layer of protection, inform the organization, inform the employees, why are we doing this? Because we often forget that because, oh, we need to do this because then we are better protected. But then the employees see it as a barrier and you should always try to avoid that. If you implement something, we add two-factor authentication, inform the organization why we are doing that, because then they are part of the security transition that the organization is going through. Yeah, no, that's a great last tip to conclude with, I think, right? It's always explain why that is many things in the world, but here especially as well. So otherwise, and I've seen it happening in my own organizations as well, if you're just, you know, creating policy after policy after policy, making things really complex, then it's actually very dangerous because nobody is following it. But if you explain, if you keep it simple and explain mostly why things are happening or what can go wrong or share samples and just talk about it, then you definitely will have more motivation and in the end, a more secure organization and that will help everybody, right? So yeah, Jort, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk with you and yeah, hopefully see you next time in the podcast in another episode as well, because as you mentioned, cybersecurity, cyber defense is a hot topic. And yeah, with your 20 years of experience, we didn't touch, I would say, everything yet today. There is much more to talk about in other episodes. So thank you very much. Have a nice day and see you again. Thanks, Arno. Have a great day.